Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Today is another AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. I love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Today's question comes from Steve, who asks, without a crystal ball, but more broadly, what is your opinion of Bitcoin as an investment? Well, Steve, this is a great question. Let's go back to the origins of the technology. Some of the technology visionaries at Yahoo and a few other companies in Silicon Valley were trying to come up with a solution for online microtransactions. Imagine for a moment that you were playing an online collaborative game and you wanted to buy some clothing for your character. The clothing costs five cents, and you would think nothing about spending five cents on a leather jacket for your avatar in the game. There was no real alternative to whipping out your credit card typing in a bunch of numbers, and charging some money to top up your gaming account. But a credit card transaction is still heavy on transaction costs, especially for very small transactions. And the biggest winners in that game are either Visa or MasterCard. The banking system is not set up to handle microtransactions. The cost of the transaction outweighs the actual value of the transaction. So they came up with a concept called Hashcash. The idea behind Hashcash is that you could get your computer to actually earn money on your behalf by having your computer perform some form of useful work for the makers of the game, and in return, they would give you some credit that you could spend in the game. The transaction cost would be extremely low, and you would not have to keep a lifetime of records because the act of buying something would cause your computer to perform the work immediately, and you would get the credit for the work. You've probably heard the term mining for Bitcoin, and mining for Bitcoin has its roots in that basic concept. This is the computer equivalent of washing dishes in the kitchen to pay for your meal at a restaurant. This mining process, or hashcash process, is a form of printing new currency, but it's value that is created in exchange for work. The problem that I have with Bitcoin and Ethereum and the thousands of other cryptocurrencies is not the technology, but the value that we as humans seem to be attaching to these virtual records in a database. Some of the early proponents of Bitcoin were promoting it as a replacement for money. But for something to be money, it needs to meet a few criteria. Number one, it has to be widely accepted as a means of exchange. Number two, it has to be a store of value. And number three, it has to be easily divisible. At the moment, I would have to say that Bitcoin does none of these things particularly well. It's not a store of value. It's not easily exchanged. And it's not easily divisible. So if it's not money, then what is it? See, when the currency narrative fell apart, some proponents started to assert that it should be treated more like a digital asset. It's like an ounce of gold, except that it's virtual, not physical. The notion of value seems to be following the laws of supply and demand. I have no problem with that. But theoretically, the number of Bitcoin in existence is limited and cannot be increased. That notion, however, is a fallacy. There are numerous derivatives of Bitcoin and Ethereum. In fact, they're proliferating daily. As of June of 2023, there were almost 26,000 cryptocurrencies publicly traded. But this number is growing rapidly as new ones are created daily. Cryptocurrencies come in various types, such as coins, tokens, non-fungible tokens, stable coins, each serving a different purpose and functionality in that digital asset ecosystem. And while Bitcoin enjoys legacy and to some extent first mover advantage, it's continually under assault. The biggest reason I'm not a fan of Bitcoin is that governments all over the world don't want it to exist. There are already 180 currencies, actual physical fiat currencies, serving 196 countries. None of these currencies has achieved global acceptance with the exception of the US dollar and to a lesser extent the euro. 
governments use their currency to protect their sovereignty and to facilitate taxation. They don't want to abdicate control of the monetary system to an outside party that's beyond their control. These tokens are continually under assault from governments the world over. They can, theoretically, outlaw a token with a stroke of a pen, and some countries already have. In the U.S., there's a number of efforts from different government agencies to classify Bitcoin so it falls under existing regulatory regimes. The SEC has at times classified Bitcoin as a security, and the trading in Bitcoin has already resulted in several actions by the SEC. The Federal Trade Commission has also got into the act and is active in enforcing numerous cases over the past several years. Many of these cases are fraud cases. Now I get it, fraud is fraud in some ways has nothing to do with the underlying technology and cryptocurrencies. There can be fraud with US dollars as well. We're not about to outlaw dollars because of fraud. The truth is, since cryptocurrencies are essentially software, it's always possible for code to be embedded that results in changes in behavior of the asset. Bottom line is that the space is somewhat still unregulated in an area that we can easily predict will become regulated. And unless we know what those regulations are or when they'll be enacted, you're carrying considerable risk. Government is clearly trying to find ways to regulate these assets by simply classifying them in the same category as an existing asset. That doesn't require any act of Congress or any changes to the laws. The entire history of legal precedent would apply to cryptocurrencies if they're the same as something pre-existing. Against this backdrop, I find it hard to call Bitcoin a currency. It's hard to also to call it an investment. Yes, there's some notional value attached to it, but the extreme volatility that's evident in the price history, for no apparent real reason, means that Bitcoin will always be a speculative play unless something fundamental changes in its makeup or its regulation. It's no more certain of a financial gain than a trip to Vegas. I want to thank you, Steve, for a fabulous question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.